0: All right, Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, I haven't even said anything important yet. We're done. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. We're all good. Um, great shortest here. podcast ever. Thank goodness. Um, no more work for me. My name is Roger. I am a co-host of this podcast, What Do You Do Again? with...
1: Jamie Ernest.
0: And today we have a very special guest, Madeline.
2: Hello. Madeline
1: Gent.
0: Oh. Yes. Oh, last names. <laughs> yeah, we're,
2: we're official over here at gent-like What Do You do gentlemen. Again. I get Gent all the time, and I usually don't correct, but Gent like gentlemen, good job. Do you wish any. you
0: corrected people more?
2: I honestly, I didn't care as much, but I have a cousin who's in the city. He works the tech council, and he's like, Madeline, our last name matters. We're Gents. And I'm like, all right. Also, we have so many listeners on this podcast that know everybody's going to be calling you Gent, <laughs> and I'm just saying that with a lot of hope
3: so yeah you all
2: know so if someone calls me again i'm gonna be like oh you obviously don't listen listen to jamie rogers podcast oh yes lead in all right
0: so madeline so much fighting
1: why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself
2: well i moved to pittsburgh a year ago now to start at the associated artists of pittsburgh i am the executive director there AAP is an artist member organization, so Associated Arts Pittsburgh, AAP for short. Um, we have 500 and I believe now 38 members, um, mm-hmm. right? Um, all visual artists. Um, we started in 1910 with the mission of finding spaces and places for artists to exhibit their work within Pittsburgh. And so that's exhibitions is really the central mission for AAP. We also have education and professional development, but it all really comes back to exhibitions. So I came here a year ago for this gig from our nation's capital. You got out just in time. Well, (laughs) I was there for enough of it that I was (laughs) like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, gosh. How long were you there? I was in the D.C. area for about between almost 10 years. So like nine and a half years. years. Yeah. Um, Grad school and then work. Um, I Did various things throughout D.C. um, and up in Baltimore. And then decided for a career change. And came back to Western PA, yeah. where my family is. So you weren't involved in the arts prior in D.C.? I was. So I'm an art historian by training. So I have my master's in art history. Specifically, mm-hmm. my specialty is 20th century Chinese art. Um, and my master's dissertation was on a uh, oil painter from Guangzhou who studied in Chicago and went back to China um, in 1949 and was there. Um, ended up surviving... Um, both the Great Leap Forward and the Cultural Revolution. But the Cultural Revolution, she had kind of the craziest stories um, and almost didn't make it.
0: Um, Is your dissertation public? uh,
2: My master's thesis is my dissertation. um, So I did my PhD coursework. Um, Instead of working on my dissertation, I do podcasts. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Someone tell my advisor. Um, No, my dissertation is on 1930s comic and cartoon art from Shanghai. So I'm oh, cool. specifically looking at a journal called Shidai Manhua, which is it translates to modern sketch. Um, it's essentially like a Mad Magazine meets New Yorker. A lot of comics, a lot of essays. Um, but I'm looking at the the visual language of the color covers and how it relates to the mostly artists. modern work. Um, it's a mix. Um, I mean, it's modern in the sense that it's Shidai Manhua, Shaddai being modern. Yeah. or the translation being Mo Dung and, and um, like, the literal translation into Chinese. So in that sense, like, right now, like, that's what they're kind of saying. Um, but it has traditional, like, woodcuts in there and New Year's mm-hmm. prints and yeah. ink drawings and whatnot. But it also has comic strips, which were a very new medium. Um, so that's that's the dissertation, and I had – been teaching. I had worked at the Smithsonian, at University of Maryland, University of Maryland Art Gallery. And I did my last stint at Hopkins, Spring 2017. And I was like, "Ooh, I don't want to do this." <laughs> like, "Ooh, I don't want to do this." And so yeah,
0: something flipped.
2: Something flipped. I had a good friend send me the gig. Um, I applied. The gig for AAP. The gig for AAP. I applied.
0: I have a little like, um, I guess it's an anecdote. Not really. It's just like a funny moment because. I kept trying to send you an email, <laughs> <laughs> and I kept doing like A A P Pittsburgh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forgetting that like the P is is Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's also I've emailed because we used to have a different email system, and we had more like we had like ten emails, and I think the most of the Are they all over. Google
0: Suite.
3: Now we're on Google that? Suite. Nice.
2: Before we were on like <laughs> Round Cube or something, that was crazy. It was the worst email system. I had like nightmares about it. <laughs> um, we had like See, 10 I emails. actually like
0: this organizational stuff.
3: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we had like 10 emails and one of them was membership at aapgh.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and like everyone just calls it AAP, but AAP is the American Academy of Pediatrics. Yes. So I would email membership at and, like I did it like three times. And so I had like a nice back and forth with someone <laughs> from the American Academy of Pediatrics. And they're like, you've done it again. And I'm like, thanks for letting me know. Because like, we had someone else running that email. And it was just like.
0: "Are they at least nice some- about it?
2: Yeah. The first time they were like, "I," they were like, "This isn't we've received this email in there. And I'm like, oh. But then the third time I did it,
0: it, was a, it cool. was a little bit more jovial yeah. by that time. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, hey, the AAP knows who the AAP is. <laughs> That's
2: true. <laughs> that is true. Um, at least one person in their office, right? So I got that going for AAP. But yeah, yeah, now I've been here for a year. Pittsburgh yeah. is now home. Um, I was asking someone like, "Can I still say I'm new?" And we were just talking about this too. Okay.
0: And I think you'd say you're new for like a while. Yeah no all right so your argument is a little
1: different but then again i've
2: been here for six years so
0: i mean i've been here for
2: you guys went to school here so there's like a different vibe like there's a different ownership of the city once Mm -hmm. you've like gone through those types of systems
0: i mean to be honest it feels a lot different like it's super different than like being here and growing up here yeah Yeah, like you grow up with the culture here versus like I grew up with a different culture in my youth, and like being a, a young person, and then like coming here as an adult. Yeah. But my entire adult life is here, so there is still Quote, like a unquote, huge part of it. Adult,
1: eighteen-year-old <laughs> Carnegie Mellon studying whatever you want to call
0: being an adult. You
3: know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. definitely not an adult at eighteen.
0: I don't think most of us are adults at eighteen. The problem is the state thinks we are. Well, what is it? Uh, uh, yeah.
2: Oh, I are. know that very <laughs> well. I, my friends, my friend and her daughter, they just went to Disney World. And they didn't do Epcot, and their little girl's like four years old, and I was like, "Good." There's, I was like, "When I grew up, Epcot was boring. You don't want to go to Epcot." And then she called, and I was talking to her, and the daughter Juliet was like, "Well, your grown-up friend Madeline said Epcot was boring," and I was like,
3: "I'm a grown-up.
2: Like, hold, like if this kid thinks I'm a grown-up. I'm a grown-up. Like." Oh, a now. I,
0: I actually had a, a very good moment like that. And then we can come back to like an actual conversation, conversation about <laughs> But this. Let's hear this anecdote. OK, so um, I went to play laser tag with a few buddies of mine from my band. And to, like, recently, uh, this was like two years ago, two or three years ago. And we went to and a couple of them are like taller. I was like uh-huh. very much the shortest one, but um, we were playing against a bunch of like you know really young kids because yeah. it's a laser tag and that's exactly <laughs> who the audience for laser tag is. So we're talking about like you know nine, eight, seven, ten, whatever that range. And the fight, like they were like, okay, we gotta we gotta beat the adults. And just, <laughs> I'm looking around, like straight where up are the looking adults? around. Yeah, like, where are the? Oh. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, and that was one of the, like, it hit me too hard there. I was yeah. like, no, guys, no. And then we just, like, snipe them from the tops. It's <laughs> interesting
2: because the only time you feel like an adult, like an actual adult, is when a child identifies you as right. one. Not the state. When the state identifies me as one, I'm like, no, you you don't know what you're talking Bro. about. <laughs> you, you don't know what you're talking about. When, like, a five-year-old, I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm
0: sure enough. <laughs> that's right. I have authority. That's right. And, um,
2: okay, so circling
1: back to the AAP, um. You, there's 538
2: members, roughly. 538 visual artists. We cover. We're the majority of our artists are two dimensional, but we have sculpture, we have uh, ceramics, installation, video, performance. Um, no performance, mm. and I I think that's part and parcel of the discipline is that people haven't known what to do with performance mm-hmm. in a long time,
0: or in like spaces in general, right? Yeah, okay. and so I, th- it I think
2: the first major major museum to deal with it was moma with mm-hmm. um marina and yeah yeah and, and then Brock they just did and, the. oh my god i'm the worst art history Abramovich. student you,
3: you got it <laughs> you got I, you at least remembered her name at I, first. Who you're I was talking like about. if
2: someone says the letter i'll get it eventually all right and, for the
0: listeners like me that don't know anything jay-z about this person,
2: Picasso baby video
0: whoa yeah thank you
2: yeah the the artist is present so she'd been Mm -hmm. doing performance pieces for years um and -hmm. so then they did a retrospective and so she trained a bunch of young artists the documentary is really interesting to do her pieces and some of them you're just like (coughs) standing in a narrow hallway with another body and you're both the, the performers are completely naked and you had to walk through them mm-hmm. and you couldn't walk through without touching them. So it was kind of, you know, questioning your own relationship to your own body, to other people's body, to pressure, to touch, mm-hmm. just um, to those sensitivities. Um, uh, that's and space intense. And that, yeah. And so, but there, there, there were the artist is present was what it was mm-hmm. called. Cause she sat there um, like in the Jay-Z video. <laughs>
0: yeah. I figured you might get that reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That one gave it to me.
2: But yeah, so we kind of run the gambit, um, and our like I said, our mission is exhibitions. Um, the call is to put on seven to twelve exhibitions a year, which is something that I've very much been thinking about a lot because we put on um, as of next week we'll have put on six from September to December, which I felt like a crazy person. Um, so really thinking about um what the organization does and how it does it and is there a way we can do what we do better and address our mission and our artists better um so that's something i've been thinking a lot about because
0: And you have a board of directors to work <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, 12. And it's a nonprofit.
2: Yes, yeah, so it is a nonprofit. Um we became a nonprofit in 1960 as soon as the IRS designated that to be ah. a thing. <laughs> which is kind of fun to find we have like yeah. that, that type cop that type letter to the IRS because Uh now you register with the state and go through a whole different process. But at that point we were just like, we're emailing the IRS. Like it's a nonprofit, not emailing, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Snail. Um, Yeah.
0: That's stuff with paper.
2: um, Yeah. But we were incorporated in nineteen thirty Either 1930 or 1938. Founded in 1910 um, with an exhibition at the Grand Old Opera House downtown. Which at that, like, it sounds like, ooh, the Grand Old Opera House. Like, what that did that turn fancy. into?
3: Is like that a, the a, It
2: became know. the Warner Theater. That is no longer a theater. Oh. Um, but at the time, it was like more like a. There were pool tables in there. It was more like a. Kind of a like more community gathering, club. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, according oh, to the records, place. we had a million people walk through for the a exhibition. A million. <laughs> I'm like, how did how did they keep count of that? But that was just like someone just wrote that down. But I think they probably were counting, if anything, like one day like one saturday people who came into the building and they multiplied that by seven and then the days, and they're like it's a really big number
0: so they didn't have like the umpire clickers like the
3: now we maybe use those then. um <laughs> i don't know back
2: not. then and then 1911 we were invited to the carnegie then the carnegie institute
3: mm-hmm.
2: um for our exhibition we were there for almost the next hundred years yeah um for the annual um our last annual there was 2016 but we've also done it at the war hall um, Society for Contemporary Craft, the Westmoreland Museum of American Art, and the Butler mm-hmm. Institute of American Art. So really focused on um, artists finding spaces and places for their work. And then, and this is something that Jamie was in the office when I was talking about, now sales, I think, is something mm-hmm. that I want to figure out how to navigate that a little bit better in Pittsburgh. All right.
1: Yeah, so I guess what you're encountering, and we've also maybe, we haven't really talked about like, pricing your work on the show we have kind of talked about that episode with druva where oh, we're yeah, talking well, about the value of like the door cost of a show yeah we like, so there's a little bit of
0: it but, um, I, but I,
1: artwork uh, is a little bit different because like it you know door costs a, actually you know i maybe not because there's all types of shows you can go to and pay crazy amounts of money for concerts or you can pay 10 i bucks, mean you, you know. pay
0: you know x amount of money to see jay-z and beyonce right a right. local show Right. Like it's similar but different because the scale doesn't change as or the scale seems in art to change a little bit more rapidly. Mm-hmm. Or like at mm-hmm. least uh the scale is broader because a ticket to see Jay Z could be like a thousand dollars, but you're not gonna get that much higher. Yeah. Like yes, mm-hmm. resale could be different, but like And
1: then in like ten years I don't think a ticket to Jay Z is gonna be five thousand dollars. Yeah whereas like a piece of artwork it. would increase like that. But it could
2: be, I mean you think of all those people who fly to Vegas True. to see he's Elton a, John
1: or something. Jay-Z is a renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> he can do anything and everything. So I mean, he is also here, like yeah. the
0: anomaly because we're yeah. talking most musicians, yeah. a door cost or a ticket cost doesn't go much above $50. Yeah. Like, and locally, and this is a debate we did have. uh I don't know if it was on the podcast, but Drew and I had talked about it at some point. Like, pricing... Uh, like what is an e- uh, a fair pricing point for a music show that is local? Like some people live and die by $5 as if that's yeah. like a, a mantra. And mm-hmm. some people say, no, that's definitely not enough. Like what's the balance there?
2: Yeah.
1: So
0: I'm sure that translates over to yeah. especially with local artists. And, and like, especially
1: like when you're working with an organization like AAP that might also be working with a gallery where in a situation maybe both of those entities take cuts of sales. Mm-hmm. So the artist having to, like, navigate, how do I factor in these percentages into my
2: overall price? Yeah, Um, And not playing with your price too much unless you're moving it up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I have artists and they're like, oh, like, you take uh, 80, AAP is 40, um, artist is 60, Mm -hmm. which most gallery, most spaces are 50, 50. 50. 50. Um, And that's also a number that I'm thinking about adjusting not towards 50 50 but to 70 30
1: or, or Ooh, as an artist i'm elated <laughs> <laughs>
0: wait that so that's a consistent thing galleries almost always yes. take 50 50
1: yes mm-hmm. even the biggest galleries in the world yeah. All Right.
0: so when you're talking i guess on music scales you're like on songwriting mm-hmm. i guess there's always parts of it that are taken away by um well Touring artists, there's booking agents, yeah. then there's like the management fees, um, there's your uh publicist and so there's a lot of elements that take away and at yeah. the end of the day you may be left with fifty or you may be left with less. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I remember
2: when NSYNC filed bankruptcy when I was like oh. in high school <laughs> <laughs> and like the like Justin Timberlake was like, Oh, well, you have this cut, this cut, this cut, this cut, this cut. You're spending this, 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 this. That's how you end up filing for bankruptcy. And I was like, well, if Justin Timberlake says it. It must, it be, must true. be true. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, and that's for me, often something that I come up against is uh, we'll have an artist we'll be like, all right, so your work is in our show. We're going to be promoting it. We'll be doing press releases. We'll be putting it on our website. We'll be it on our social media. Um, We'll get our crowds here as well as you bring your crowds. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they look at that 40% and they go, wait, okay, well, then I need to adjust Adjust my price. price, And I'm like, the issues, and they go to your website and they see that they can get a similar or the same piece because you have it on your website for, you know, percentage less. And so all of a sudden you're undercutting AAP and the work that we do. And we're a nonprofit. Like, we're not – I'm not looking mm-hmm. at the end of the day to walk around and be like, ooh, money bags. Like, right. <laughs> like, what are we going to do with these millions of dollars? No. Right, it's right. Like, the idea of a nonprofit is every cent you put back into it. Right. Like, you might – we don't have a capital campaign, so I'm not looking to store up funds somewhere. I think that's what people think. Like, maybe we have this giant bank account that's <laughs> like – Pouring all this money and no. The point of a nonprofit mm-hmm. is to not make a profit, mm-hmm. um, and so when you see someone do that, it's like you're undercutting this organization. That you know, you may um, we do have a membership fee. It is $80. you mean like when you
1: see a collector that like sees a painting and a show for 500 bucks, but then would go to the artist's studio and buy it for 300. Well, not
2: well, it will. They would go on the artist's website. So I'm, I'm oh, talking okay. about that. When you think about how you price your work, I'm thinking okay. even before that conversation happens, like as an artist, you should be thinking about them constantly, whether yes. it's you're paying, paying per square inch. If you're paying, thinking mm-hmm. about incorporating your materials, thinking about how you incorporate your time, um, the research that you put into to figuring out a work. Because I'll talk to an artist and I'm like, oh, like I put that together in eight days. But I've been thinking about this for three years. Right. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you have to incorporate that into what you're doing because, you know, we don't just pay the scientists for the time that they actually made the experiment come out what i'm not like using the, worst, no, you, the you'll, worst
0: you'll get paid for the three years of research that yeah yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> like, right, right i'm like this uh, this uh, metaphor is only going to take me so far because i'm or not a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> i just do exturbance. i don't know we do have
1: one oh, for the degree <laughs> <laughs>
0: um Yes, scientists do do experiments.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Scientific <gasps> method. I remember
1: I'm that. also
0: like, there's so many different kinds of scientists. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. That's why like yeah. insane.
2: But, um, but yeah, so I mean, thinking really about that and thinking about the value of your work. Um, if you're comfortable, if you're like, I want to sell my work for $200 and knowing that You're only going to walk away from 100 if you're working with a gallery. Mm -hmm. And then you're upset when a gallery isn't covering you or you're not in spaces Mm -hmm. and exhibition places. Because the reality is, in a small town like Pittsburgh, in a large city like New York, people talk. And so you really have to think about how you present that and present that angle of yourself. You mean like how your pricing works? Yeah. Like at various levels? People talk about
0: pricing for your work? Oh,
2: People, yeah, they talk about pricing for your work. They'll talk about, oh, well, like you know I, an so artist and will so talk a to painting I went to yeah Jamie
1: I, for this much and but I heard that at a gallery it was this much yeah, yeah
2: or like oh this gallery ended up marking and like and on the reverse side this artist this gallery ended up marking up my work yeah because they wanted to take this part of it or yep. you know story of my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like oh yeah you can you can sell your work for $2,000 and you go over there like oh it's actually priced at 2500 but yeah. I signed a contract for 2000 that mm-hmm, happens mm-hmm. Um, and and people talk on both sides of the fence. And so it's, you know, really taking the time and incorporating that time you took to think about that price in your pricing. Uh-huh.
0: That's kind of part of <laughs> like when we were writing, when we when I was writing that like, grant, like one of the big things that I kept getting suggested is like, you got to pay yourself for this. Yeah. yeah. You got to pay yourself for writing this. I'm like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm, I, I function in my head as a nonprofit. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like I just want to lose. I just don't want to lose anything. You know? Right,
2: but you can't function as a nonprofit because you need to like live, you know, live.
0: Yeah, but you also, need, you guys, I'm
2: going to age myself a little bit. You need to start thinking about your retirement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're away that savings account.
0: Maybe you for the listeners who are contract. thinking about retirement, <laughs> talk to me about it. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Please,
1: um, we need some tips. <clears throat> I do have a. Mm. What is it called 401k? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just got that and I felt like an adult.
0: Oh yes. yeah. I got I actually crap, I don't know. Don't anyway. <laughs> Don't quote me on anything. <laughs> um I was thinking about that pricing thing cuz um a lot of artists or musicians and and different types of artists on the internet use something like Patreon.
2: Yeah. <coughs> uh
1: what what is that? Patreon?
0: <laughs> so Patreon is uh it brings Basically, it's like a direct to consumer. Um, it's a site, yeah, yeah, it's so to
2: raise money, like a crowd.
0: It's kind of like crowdfunding, but but you have a more intimate relationship with your fans mm-hmm. in this way because just like crowdfunding, where you're giving like X amount of stuff for like this amount of money, um, it's you can subscribe to an artist's work. So, like, you, if someone puts out stuff every month, like, in order to get that exclusively or ahead of time. You or pay like, X amount of money Yeah, every you month. pay X amount of money. And okay. this, is, this basically lets you isolate your, like, super fans, I guess, or, like, the people who are most interested in your work. And I find that there, that's, like, or platforms such as that mm-hmm. make it easier for the artists to, like, truly price the work at, at what they want and what they feel. Does Patreon take a cut? Mm, I've probably asked. Like yeah, yeah, no, it they might take not be something, huge, but I it? I don't it's not it's I think it's free to like use it, but yeah, like some portion of it comes back. So it, it still functions like that, but at the same time it makes it easier for you to price your work like or at least like I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Or make it I easier, think it makes like. it.
2: It it provides you with a more steady income, mm-hmm. right? Because, w- like, from my understanding of the people that I know have used it, it's that. People usually are paying like $5 a month or $10 a month instead of like a lump sum of like, oh, like I'll just give you $100 and never right. think of you again. No, it's $10 a month for the next three years,
3: mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a lot
2: more than $100. And all of a sudden you have that income that's coming mm-hmm. in. Um, and so in that sense, it gives you it gives you the financial security, um, which is something mm-hmm. that, you know, that's why I say like make sure you include the time you think about pricing in your work because of of that of that I don't know the I can't think of the correct term but the time that you spend having to worry about paying your bills or having to mm-hmm. worry about making rent or having to worry about making that that car loan payment or whatever it is mm-hmm. is time away from your practice yes. right and the more you have to worry about that, that creates, you know, that's one of the things they say about about poverty. Like there's this huge knowledge gap because all of a sudden you have to figure out how to buy milk next week.
3: Mm-hmm. So like something
2: like Patreon, where you have that steady income, that's those are the best cases that I've heard that has been used that way. It's yeah. like they'll release, someone mm-hmm. will release a song or... Um, oh, I don't whatever know, whatever, yeah. like a video or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But um, I find that I personally am not offended or, or even like think twice about paying a premium on something when it comes directly from the artist. Yeah. Like, so I, and that's where I'm like hearkening some sort of a uh, disconnect between what I'm hearing about like someone pricing work differently on their website rather than at a gallery.
3: Like mm-hmm.
0: my thought process is that I'm actually down to pay more if it's direct to the artist. Yeah. than it would be if it's to the gallery. So I don't like, or like, I guess it would be to the label or Mm -hmm. to whoever is distributing your work. Yeah. So,
2: I mean, that's why I say like, when I think about that cut, like, would that make it easier to have these conversations about pricing if Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm taking AAP out of the factor a little bit, like thinking about, and this is something that as I'll be in the organization longer, I'll have a more solid understanding of the budget to be like, oh, okay. Like we can absorb that. Like we can take that 10% away or 5% away and really think about like what exactly that means Um, because the issue being when you cut out the gallery, you cut out that promoter, Mm -hmm. you cut Mm -hmm. out that person who's paying rent in a space that's that they're, that person's network which is available yeah. to the artist. Exactly. Yeah. Which can be lead Open to more sales. Open and- hours where you, know, you're, you can send people to go see your work, mm-hmm. um, that promotion. All of a sudden your- you're Network always that,
0: has to be paid for. That's yeah. why there's a such thing as an influencer in, I know. in this day and age. Because <laughs> like, apparently their network is worth X amount of money and they could actually like price it out the same yeah. way as like a gallery would.
2: Yeah. No, that's 100% true. And it's kind of <laughs> crazy to think about. I was reading a story about like micro influencers, like like, and it's not that you were getting paid, but that like Tide would send you like free, la- uh, like laundry soap if you uh,
0: write a review on Amazon, yeah.
2: yeah, or or just like posted yourself doing laundry on mm-hmm. your Instagram. They're like, well,
3: uh-huh. so she has
2: like four thousand followers. That's four thousand people we can reach, and it won't feel like an ad, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, but it is an ad. People do that all yours, the right? time. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah, I'm trying absolutely. to get.
1: Calvin Klein to sponsor me. So, Calvin Klein, like if you're you listening. You and everyone else who likes um,
0: decent bras, like. <laughs>
1: most comfortable underwear on the planet. Uh, underwear. Yeah. Not Hit not me up, bra. CK.
0: <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of people I would love to be sponsored mm-hmm. by. And if there are any listeners who are thinking about sponsoring a podcast or an artist or a musician or.
1: An
2: organization.
1: Or an
0: organization or uh, literally anything, y- can talk to us we got that
2: roger i have a question for you from like the musician's sure. point of view and pricing like how when you are thinking about like how much you price for a gig um like what what is going into those factors and then also like how do you consider the larger context of like other musicians and like uh, like what people are paying in pittsburgh like um, what are what are in my mind i'm wondering what are the decision factors that that you have to keep Um, in check.
0: So I try, or like a friend of mine, as I like started to develop into like this professional realm of music, uh, a friend of mine told me about, this is just like one aspect of it. Like his hourly. Yeah. Like this is what for every amount of time I spend, like, and this but this doesn't include necessarily rehearsal or it doesn't include like there's an hourly essentially for like the expected time that you're at a gig
2: okay just okay,
0: and that sort of prices and that includes and factors in stuff like rehearsal and and preparation and and travel
1: that hourly rate mm-hmm.
0: does' now you have to factor okay. in travel, but like the factor in of travel grabbing snacks along the way. Um, but i mean parking what uh, about uh, watching like yeah.
1: how do i phrase this like how different cities have maybe varying markets in music and in art you know like yeah that's what i'm thinking about like when i'm thinking about art a painting that's worth 500 dollars here might be worth 1500 in new york
3: Oh
0: yeah, and New York musicians a hundred percent price themselves differently. So than, you,
1: you, so like even the city would become a factor in that. Out, I, I would rate.
0: definitely say so.
1: Yeah,
2: <coughs> I would think so. And are there like, people who like talk about like oh,
1: not really, not really.
0: Okay, yeah, not really. It's there's some things that are kind of understood. Um, there's like an unspoken tier system. Okay, of like there's, like, the highest-tier musicians, you know? These are the people that not only are they performing, like, multiple times a week, but they are high-level professionals, like, have complete mastery over their instruments. Um, you can expect basically everything that you should... Like, there's professionals, and then there's, you know, masters, and there there's yeah. a hierarchy that's not quite well understood, but, like, let's say I would consider myself on, like not not the highest tier, but I'm still on like a professional tier. Yeah. So that means that I can price at a certain bit. But truthfully, all of us are competing in the same market mm-hmm. or a lot of the time we're competing in the same market. So I could be pricing at the same level as the masters. Or if I'm, let's say perform, like, uh, uh, I- Musician I really admire told my friend this and I've kind of like taken it as mantra. Uh So there are like three things that you take into account when accepting a gig. It's either got to have good money, um, good people or good music. And you need two of the three to take it. Okay. So if let's say I wanted to play a DIY show because I'm not gonna make crap off of it, but I'm playing with my friends and I'm playing some like awesome music or music that like really feels good to me, then I'm gonna take a significant pay cut to play that music because I feel like I want to do that. Versus like if I play a wedding, like that's great money, the music is whatever because it's like pop top forties but I'm also probably going to play with some great musicians.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
0: so all of these things sort of factor in to, at least in my head, what like, whether or not I'm going to take something and whether or not something is fair.
2: So with art, like something like Jamie's work. Like mm-hmm. you can go and find a price tag on her work of art. With my website. <laughs>
1: without a password.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, hypothetically, you go to a gallery and mm-hmm. you see that there, yeah. right? And you can you can negotiate with the gallery or with the artist and have those larger conversations. Um, with musicians is it just kind of underst like Well Like how does that how do you all have those start having those conversations
0: I think once you start getting paid you start to realize what your worth could be just the same as with artists with visual artists like once you get a certain price tag you're like this is what my time is worth and so I will like I am typically asked what my rates are or like you can contact for my rates and so I will make a suggested rate and then we negotiate from there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Similar to how you were talking about the tier system with musicians. I feel like there's also a tier system with artists. You know, it's like emerging, mid-career, professional, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. maybe, are the yeah. three.
0: That's that's about the same with Established. music.
1: Established. Like, um, and the price range definitely does differ between the yeah. two. But we are all in the same market <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: competing yeah. for the same buyers.
2: Yeah. Especially okay. in a city like Pittsburgh where you have a limited number of galleries, a limited number of spaces that you're showing. Mm-hmm. And so that hierarchy, while it exists, I think very much within a certain knowledgeable group, I think that's also that comes out, you go to a space and you're like, well, why is her painting 4,000 and his painting 700? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference there? And you have them in the same space. And that's something like, I guess I think about it AAP. Yeah, like, well, there's so many uh, members at so many different stages yeah. in their career.
1: And like I think I've probably said in the past on the podcast, I don't really listen to this podcast. But I'm glad that you I all do. do. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Madeline. <laughs> shout out, Jeff. Shout out, Dave. Shout out, Core Riley. Yeah. All these I, people that yeah. told me they listened to it. You anyway, <laughs> had made the statement earlier, like lack of galleries in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is can be a loaded statement because, you know, people who are listening are like, well, what about – First Friday on Penn Avenue. There's like ten galleries. Blah blah blah. But th- th- there's different types of galleries, which I know that you know. Yeah. Like, uh, what do you call them? Commercial galleries, yeah. which there's only one of in Pittsburgh. Concept art gallery. Well, concept, but concepts commercial and an, an auction, auction house.
2: house. You have Borelli Edwards. And when James I so when gallery. I think of like, when I say commercial gallery, I think of someone that's there nine to five. Right. Right. And has operating hours Mm -hmm. often that are longer than that because they represent artists. So, so these spaces on Penn Avenue are great, don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. So, they're like
0: sponsor artists as in. Uh, Oh, And like
2: push their work and bring in buyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Push their work. Right. Right. Okay. So, you have these empty spaces and they're great on Mm -hmm. Penn Avenue for that first Friday walk, but um, there's no one representing the artist and there's no and like this also comes into question with vanity galleries or pay for play where you're paying for a space there's no quality control right right? like it's because they just want the money yeah well Mm -hmm. and it's like they just yeah they want they want something in the space they want these events and so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like well who's doing that so i kind of see ap with the pay for play as as kind of offering that for the artists i'm usually like oh if you're gonna if you're gonna show in a space like this show through aap Mm -hmm. because we're paying for it right um through our wonderful foundations and our members and our individual donors. Thank mm-hmm. you, all of you. Thank Take you. a moment to mm-hmm. identify and thank you all of say that, but you. But we are listening <laughs> listen, <laughs> and you all listen, but, but, but we're paying for that. And so that onus isn't on the artist to somehow figure mm-hmm. out to find a thousand dollars or find $500 mm-hmm. for this exhibition run and then also promote their work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, go out and buy wine and cheese for a reception, mm-hmm. and organize an artist talk, and send out a press release, and make labels. All that all the, we take that on, right? Right? And so then there's that element of of all of that work, but also we have that selection, and I, and, and so it becomes in that sense that quality control. Because I mean, like I said, you have Brelli Edwards, you have James Gallery, and like it's the like West like End. A, yeah, it's on West Carson. Yeah, yeah. Concept, which is an auction house as well um and they i mean they they do great the work way,
0: the i don't know what do an show. auction house
2: is have you ever heard of like christie's and sotheby's
1: christie's is directly across from 30 rock in new york
0: I'm so they take uh it's the <laughs>
1: it's called the secondary market yeah. here comes my art oh, my arts management training
3: um <laughs>
1: so it's called the secondary market where somebody who's bought a piece of work wants to resell it and it's normally sold for a higher price. Mm-hmm. Um, it also could have been sold, you know, multiple times. But okay. auction houses are the people <laughs> who take the work in, um, take a cut of the sale. And it's the guy who's like up on the auction block like.
3: Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah,
1: blah.
2: Um, and the sales only happen at certain times. It's not like, right. okay. like a gallery that's open. like All the time.
1: Seven, so like literally five. an auction. Yeah. yeah. So like estate
2: okay. auctions, people who have
1: like nice ceramics and vases and jewelry a and lot of times like go to like an to art auction art. house. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's what concept does. And they're over on Braddock Mm -hmm. in um,
2: uh, Regent square. Yeah. Yes. And then you have, you know, silver eye, which is a nonprofit, but Mm -hmm. they do, they do represent and promote and push their Mm artist work, which is great. David does great work there. Um, And you have a space like boom concepts that functions in various different ways, Mm -hmm. but sometimes they have an art gallery, but they're not, you know, and then that's along Penn Avenue, but they don't, whereas, you know, Silver Eye has that representation, has that, you know, availability to walk in there right. and buy a piece of art. Um, you might you might go to a boom and they might be focused on a different part of aspect of community building. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you have these spaces function in different ways and not just focused on visual arts and promoting artists, whereas a commercial gallery does. And there's just really none of that. So you kind of um one of our artist members was talking about this. Pittsburgh is a great place for emerging artists because you can, you have a lot of support. You have this foundation support, you have people looking, you have, you have these schools, you have just these conversations happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I want and the same thing for music. Someone on this podcast, please
3: help.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then you have a mid career. And so right mm-hmm. now I think that's where we're going to see if a shift happens in that, Pittsburgh and that's where it's going to shift because you do have artists moving here and buying spaces and doing mm-hmm. that and so perhaps now we'll see that shift back to having that type of representation within the city or having galleries have some sort of salary salary because we satellite um access to the city because we because it's just becoming I mean, too expensive to have studios in these other cities pittsburgh offers that it's close enough to chicago it's close enough to new york it's close enough to dc that you can kind of engage and, yeah engage mm-hmm. those markets um and, but then it's also a great place if you're an established artist and you're teaching at Carnegie Mellon right. or wherever else. But it's that, that mid level is where the city really needs to shift and support mm-hmm. its artists. And that's when I, like, I think about pricing. That's why, you know, I often find that I'm putting two artists in a space. One's a mid level career artist who's put in, you know, 10, 15 years into their practice. Mm-hmm. And then it's like this, you know, this young artist just at a CMU, Uh she's she's, there, I'm putting her on the wall as well. Selling like hot (laughs) cakes. Um,
0: And so... Are those people Salty. I think
2: so. A little bit.
1: I mean, I think they have a right. I think they have a right to be salty because it seems that.
0: I'm I'm like, whenever I see a young prodigy, I'm not mad that they're a prodigy. Yeah, but there's a
2: difference between being mad and salty. Right, because (laughs) they're
1: seeing these young artists who have all of these opportunities available to them. So I think they have a right to be salty, but then mid mid, mid career artists maybe at that point, if they don't have that type of representation, is that when they start thinking about leaving Pittsburgh or trying to search outside of Pittsburgh to find these opportunities since the city isn't providing it for
2: them? Yeah, I think for a lot. And I think for me, that's kind of when I, like when I say, when I'm thinking about AAP and what we do and how we support our artist members and um, all of that, I, I am thinking a lot about that specific group because like I said, I feel like the city has systems in place not the, I shouldn't say the city because it sounds like it's official structure and like the Pittsburgh State still Peduto's government. on board. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, because you have art schools and, um, like I I've just been really impressed with the kids that have, we've been working with the kids. With now the you kids. know I'm an adult. <laughs> you know, the kids that we engage at CMU mm-hmm. or Pitt or Point Park um Robert Morris, Seton Hill mm-hmm. that these these students are they really want to be involved locally. Yeah. And it, I was like I Which was Which not-
1: is crazy because when I was a student that was not the case. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I like, with the I mean, more than likely Pittsburgh now through AAP, but I I think just through time and and where the city is at is seen as an emerging city totally and like
1: in a lot of aspects outside yeah, in, of in, even creative in, yeah fields. exactly yeah.
0: just like in the greater scheme of things pittsburgh is this like budding city and you get a lot of emerging work
2: yeah yeah i think you're absolutely right and so that all of a sudden these younger people they're adults <laughs> <Kids>. <laughs> like, ah. um they want to they be part of the story. They want to be part of the narrative. They mm-hmm. they look and see where they can have effect. And I think to a lot of cheap labor?
3: Well, <laughs>
2: yes.
1: She can't say that in front of me because she's paying me to do
2: labor. <laughs> um, like I said, i paid both of you guys to do things. So oh, yeah, you can refer to me as the boss. Honestly, <laughs> I will
1: take any paycheck. So.
0: But that's the point. As right. The emerging work or like... You You don't have that golden standard yet, you know?
1: No, I mean, it's more than just the paycheck. It's like working with lots of people, yeah. working in a great community, working to build the arts community in Pittsburgh. So, you know, it's more than that. It's about the experience, too. Yes,
2: and I, I pay you more than minimum wage. So. Yeah, better than some of my other jobs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we had these conversations because I remember when I first saw your work, I was like, I just want Jamie to have more time with her work. Yeah. Like, I just, I, like, like I was just, I just see such potential and I just want you to have more time, more time to edit, more time to talk about it, more time to paint, more time to let it dry, more time to mm-hmm. revisit it. And, and so I was like, uh, Jamie, like find, do something else. Like come work for me. because I'm working, easy. you know, 40 hours
1: a week at a minimum wage job and painting and not
2: sleeping. Yeah. It was yeah, like, yeah. come work less hours, make more. Like Like I
1: said before on the podcast, I'm the luckiest painter in Pittsburgh because I, I feel... I just feel really lucky. I get to do what I want to do, and like I said, Madeline, and AAP have helped me be able to wrangle that more studio time.
0: The hours that you would put into working outside of your own, like outside of your practice, were mm-hmm. like greatly. Yeah, the it, amount oh, of time you spent outside like of your practice 80, greatly 20. exceeded yeah. the with amount like negative of time you sleep.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember when you were doing your prep for your New York show, and it was like. You were and my prep for the show before that and yeah yeah, yeah. the and, Union Hall show you yeah Instagram like Instagramming at like three a.m. like a yeah. the hair dryer in front of your work. Yeah. Like, dry, please. <laughs> and I was like, the show's in two days. And I was like, somebody <laughs> bring me a
1: coffee and a Xanax. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really would love for Pittsburgh to have that type of gallery scene. It's also interesting because, at least with a lot of artists my age. And artists in school, A, they don't teach you anything about selling your work in school or working with galleries or any of that. B, there's an interesting pushback I've noticed with artists my age that are like, I don't want to, you know, work with a commercial gallery, like 50 percent, blah, blah, blah. That's just, you know, taking all my money and stuff. And I don't know where that came from.
2: I think that for I mean, there's not a huge age difference between you and me. I'm yeah. not going to
3: talk about that right now.
2: But um, <laughs> I think that's in some way, shape, or form, always existed. And I think it's kind of like the gallery system is, and and, and way, in ways, it is the man, right? I mean, they are still taking 50% of your money. And it's like, well, what are they doing for you? Because yeah. it's not a guarantee that they're going to sell your work. True. Um, but and, is it
0: more likely that they're going to sell your they work?
1: They do have access to a whole other network. Yeah.
2: And,
0: you know. And, I mean. I'm usually about, willing to take, like, as. But then again, I'm, I'm not, I guess, the, the scrappy man that's against the man. Like oh, I'm really bad with wording today. The <laughs> man, the man, strapping, the man. Scrappy man, man against the man. So I, I'm not particularly for fighting against institutions that, you know, help promote work. And in fact, mm-hmm. I, I would encourage that yeah. because that to me is an art into itself, mm-hmm. you know, being able to like promote to the right people who are going to sell something. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I mean, it is case by case because, you know, there's galleries that do more for their artists than others. And, you know, but they all really take 50%. And I, I don't know, I've, I've always had this, like, little teeny-tiny, itty-bitty, guilty voice in the back of my head because everybody around my age is like, fuck the gallery, fuck the system, fuck this commercial shit. All they mm-hmm. want to do is hang your paintings on white walls and sell them. And in my mind, I'm like, well, that sounds nice. But then I'm also <laughs> like, you know, am I just, like, falling into this this system? And it does it make... Some of my peers appreciate my work less uh, because that is a field that I have my foot in. Um, I don't know.
0: I don't know. Like, uh, potentially, some part of it is jealousy. Some,
2: yeah, some... I mean, you're working in a visual medium, so it's these judgments are being made, and so it's hard to separate the artist from the art in that fact. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like... People are going to judge you no matter what you do. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So you mm-hmm. might as well, true. May as well make some money doing what you love. Yeah, that, yes. I will <laughs> also, put my paintings on white walls all day.
0: Also, yeah, at some point in time, it's just the confidence in your work.
2: No, I mean, I think about like, I mean, you are a specific case and getting to know your work and getting to know you and seeing what I really think is a lot of potential there But being like, hey, you need you need just time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you need, you need to give yourself that time.
0: Um, in that I, way, you've worked as a manager.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: a you. little bit. You yeah. need a cut.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's the way I think of a manager in music, at least. Like the person who's going to be committed in, to taking away the things that take away from your work. Damn, then I guess Ryan Lammy's my manager too. Ah! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shout out Ryan! I know he doesn't listen, <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, so like I use you the case, but I've also like read grant proposals as Roger knows and I've um like I think about like how AP can function more in that way and I've ta- I've talked about this with like some of our some of our board members and some of our artist members like you know I'm running around the city putting on 12 exhibitions and mm-hmm. you like well you weren't there on Tuesday when we did drop off tom was there and he was like are you okay i'm like i'm good yeah. and i'm tired He's like, so you're good and tired. I'm like, yeah,
3: that's how yeah. I am all the time.
2: <laughs> and so I'm trying to rethink, like, is there a way that we can better support our artists in the, what they do? Um, because a lot of times, like, for example, like, you put up that show at Image Box. Mm-hmm. Like, is there is there a way AAP could have supported that and, you know, had, like, an AAP-sponsored artist talk or something that, like. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you didn't have to worry about X, Y, or Z when you're getting ready. Like if you need a work framed, and so it's like we'll just put our name on something
0: else. Um, and this is something that you would make as like a support for for any of the artists or like specific artists that you members. Yeah, that's members, like that's
2: the like because yeah. yeah. I mean cause we pay dues. Yeah, 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 the dues, and that's what I tell like mem- That's what the dues are going towards. They're mm-hmm. not. I am not making a lot of money in my job. <laughs> like as Jamie as knows, Jamie workers, knows, I was like, we have to. I have to get your hours in today because yeah. on the first, I had to pay my rent. I had uh-huh. to pay my car loans. I had to pay my student loans. Like, yep. <laughs> So I'm like, so this is why we have to get the hours in now, and blah blah blah. But um, yeah, thinking about you know the structures that are already in place and how to have them better serve artists, and had to have those tough conversations. Um, and I think for me, I'm learning each day better but more and more how to speak better about money uh-huh. and having those conversations with artists because there are these uncomfortable moments when they look at me and they're like you take 40 percent," and i'm like
1: oh my god i think i fell to the floor i was so elated <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> 50. i was like
2: what <laughs> but, but you're but also, also coming like, from a system you right you well yeah because i had that. worked 50 50 for three years so yeah yeah whereas you know, some of the artists that we're working with don't necessarily have that type of training or whatnot, mm-hmm. and you tell that to them. And they look at you and they're like, "Oh my gosh! Like, like I like I have three kids, and I'm doing X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z, and this is on the side, and I need this to I need more. I need this to be more. And, and it's like, well, yes, you're doing all of that, but I'm the one who's going to push all of that, right? Like, all side. you do
1: is drop off your work, we hang it, we promote it, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, so
0: yeah, well. That sounds like a nice gig. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it I think it sounds great. Like and that's
0: that's akin to like a drummer showing up and all of his stuff is just like set up. All he has to do is go there, play and leave. And not pack and up, up not drums. Not pack up. <laughs> not set up, not put your stuff in your car,
3: mm-hmm. not
0: learn any of the music ahead of time no Drop rehearsal, a symbol. no nothing. You literally show up, to well, your job, Well, they've been practicing
2: and, and learning the music ahead of time, I guess.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> that, it's just, like, that part of it where, like, everyone, and, and that's so rare, at mm-hmm. least when in music, uh, you have to be at a certain level, and you have to basically be at the point where you have a manager, agent, publicist, and all of that mm-hmm. before you even, like, consider getting... Maybe you would get a roadie ahead of that, but like, yeah. The getting hell like, is a roadie? A roadie is someone who goes on the road with you and basically carries equipment or like oh, does the odd oh. jobs too. Okay.
1: Different than a groupie.
0: Yeah, it's All different right. than a groupie. <laughs> just, Groupies are no. just are, are fans or oh, like okay. extreme fans. Gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, roadie, and then there are also techs, which I'm just describing different yeah. things that are essentially like the people that take away. Yeah, that you all but of a sudden you
2: don't have to worry about the mm-hmm. sound checks. Yeah, exactly. Like there are people things.
0: if you've ever gone to a concert where like some rando shows up and starts tuning a guitar, yeah, like, yeah. That's a guitar tech. Yeah. And that guy probably did that for a number of guitars so that this person, who's the actual musician and instrumentalist, just shows up and someone pick and when he has to change guitars, someone picks up that guitar, gives it to him, and that's it. Right. Yeah. So like they don't have to deal with any of uh, any tuning. They don't have to deal with And all
1: of those people are getting a cut. Oh yeah, no, yeah.
0: they're getting paid for that. That's yeah. like Yeah. Just the same as there's probably a promoter for the event. Just
1: mm-hmm. the same
0: as there's um someone who booked your tour and made sure that there's like meals and lodging at every step. There's so
1: many more, I feel like, and maybe this is just from your description and my understanding of the art world, so many more factors into like the people who take cuts of a musician's work versus an art artist's work. Cause I'm just thinking of galleries. I mean, there's multiple people that work in a galleries or an organization. There's multiple people that work in organizations, but it's essentially that entire entity is like covering everything. You
2: know, yeah. I mean, you could think about like the museum as one, or you could think about the museum that's as like true. development, education, curatorial right. facilities, um, security. That's um, true. Cafe, mm-hmm. museum store, <laughs> bartenders. <laughs> Got to give credit to the museum store. Catering, <laughs> yeah, catering.
1: Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah,
2: but that's that's at My a certain that's at a certain level, right?
1: Like, yeah,
0: that is at a um, certain level at the emerging yeah. artist level you are doing everything yourself.
1: Yeah, you're buying and, bags of almonds at Trader Joe's for your reception.
0: Oh, I love that, though. But, <laughs> Trader and,
2: Joe's, fancy. <laughs> <it's>,
1: yeah, <laughs> like,
0: I was, I'd go Aldi. <laughs> I'd go Aldi
2: all day, every day. It's but, I'm trying to reel in the big bucks.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess the point here is that, or at least something that I'm seeing is emerging artists, visual artists, have the chance um, to work with a gallery or, like, is there are there plenty of opportunities to work with someone who would do a 50-50 split because not, not but you also way. have oh. there's a Most piece commercial of that that's like curated fail. too that's right like i sit okay.
2: here and yeah. i'm really talking about but the reality is this um like if you the things that occupy my mind that I look, there's like, there are these large conferences of gallerists who come together and they meet and they talk about this kind of the state of the field and like mm-hmm. what's going down.
0: Oh, I love um, those big conferences. Right. I want to go to one for jazz. There I just heard about the one at jazz at Lincoln center and they have a podcast too. And I was listening to it. No. <laughs> I bet they listen um, to ours. Oh yeah,
2: They're like people who are trying to rethink the gallery model. Cause it's something like, it's like 70. Well, some huge number fail.
1: Aren't, the two riskiest businesses to start a gallery and a restaurant. Probably. That's what I've always heard. Oh, the then restaurant business is so risky. Yeah. 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 Like, those are the two that fail the most consistently. Yeah, I, would, I, yeah, I, would I mean, I can on. think of a few galleries in Pittsburgh I know that have kind of failed. So, mm-hmm. But we're not going to name them. No, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. But, yeah, it, it's hard to find that as an emerging artist in Pittsburgh – and that, but I mean, obviously, big cities to have. They also take
0: you, don't they? Mm-hmm. This yeah, feels they more like they a can, record label at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like
1: that's when a, I, that's more I thing, guess, was yeah. first quote unquote signed with a commercial gallery, it's because she did like a test run show with my work, and she sold out the work. So she was like, "Yeah, I am going to represent you," because obviously she saw a chance to yeah. make money,
0: and mm-hmm. you have to prove yourself.
1: Yeah, but the thing is that was like complete fucking luck because what the fuck chance yeah. I still don't even know I was in I was a student. so excited I take, lied about graduating but, like. but someone decided
0: yeah. to take a chance on your work because they saw the potential yeah, yeah.
1: but like in bigger cities like New York and Chicago it, those commercial galleries I feel maybe are even still hesitant to take emerging artists and might only take emerging artists on somebody else's recommendation. Like yeah. an emerging artist can't walk in and be like, Hey, here's my work. Do you want to represent me? Yeah. Bad, bad,
0: yeah. No bad. Markets are also like way more saturated. Like, are they true. not? true? Like, you go to a place like New York or Chicago, you have a lot of budding artists who are like, this yeah. is where I make it. Yeah, Frank Sinatra, if you can make it here. You can make it anywhere. Well,
1: <laughs> well, then that goes back to my argument of, which I've probably said on this podcast in Pittsburgh, how as a young artist, you can be a big fish in a small sea, whereas mm-hmm. if you go to New York, you're just another fish. Mm-hmm. And so once you're a big fish in a smaller sea, it's easier to transfer to a larger sea yeah. and be a larger yeah. fish.
2: I mean, that's why I think we still haven't realized the potential in the art world. And I think it's because maybe the technology isn't quite there yet to to like reproduce works and or to like or it's there. We're just not applying it in the right ways. Um, of the internet and the ability to kind of, I mean, I think about like, like A A P starts in 1910, and like in 1930s we're bringing like Ed Hopper from New York, mm-hmm. and like I have a catalog in my car from like 19 something. We're bringing. Lieb and granted at that point they probably were hopping on a plane but even then it just like i'm like that feels like a huge production mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. like artist. to bring someone here whereas now it's like oh like hop on the megabus and get to new york yeah um, and that existed don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but it just feels like um transportation is so much more streamlined and so much more like you can go on the internet and buy a ticket, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to get in a car and go somewhere else to do that. Um, and you don't have
0: to have someone else do that for you. Yeah. Yeah, if yourself. you're lucky and rich enough. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's potential to see what, what could happen. Um, Especially I think a city like Pittsburgh gets romanticized a lot outside of Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, yeah?
0: Tell me about that. <laughs>
2: So like we have you would like say you're a certain Pittsburgh artist and you're working in Miami and and you have a certain feel and they're like, well, he's or she's from Pittsburgh. Like Ooh. there's like this nostalgic, like it's OK. Like they're like they're they're like grittier. Like, I mean, that's why like, I can't like. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: right. not necessarily something I expected. But then again, yeah, there's not either. as many um, sort of like breakout Pittsburgh artists you know, and like, there's wh- a handful. There, there's a handful and one of them just died. Rest in peace. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who you're talking yeah. about.
0: I'm talking about Mac Miller. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
3: See, I was,
1: I was thinking of peace. somebody else
0: yeah but like someone who broke out of pittsburgh and mm-hmm. like, I was of I, put artists. pittsburgh on the map yeah. and, and these yeah. artists are putting pittsburgh on the map but like i don't necessarily know if that's because of a mystique from pittsburgh I, i'm pretty sure it's more to do with the talent and the work ethic and like the network oh i think 100 yeah. we
2: wouldn't be talking about these people if it wasn't for the talent and the work mm-hmm. ethic i also think there's like this romanticization of this industrial city that was pittsburgh that like that like went was, through like right? a rebirth
1: too but yeah, what if your work like, has nothing
0: to do with the city
2: I I just if once how do you separate context from work
0: then? I don't know. Yeah, like <laughs> I
2: I I I so by training I'm an art historian yeah. and so art lives within a moment, mm-hmm. right? Like there's it's produced in that moment. For me you can't detach one from the other. So I I would be in DC where I was and I would hear about Vanessa German mm-hmm, for example mm-hmm. and like it, it was almost In like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It
0: was Actually, almost like this is something I knew, Aww. although perhaps not someone who's listening to the podcast. So,
2: um, we'll go Google Vanessa German because yeah. her work is <laughs> incredible, incredible, um, and it was kind of like this artist working in Pittsburgh and like it was one, one of the shows she had in New York in, in a gallery. Um, but it was like, Oh, like we bring the work in from Pittsburgh. And I'm like, I've been to Pittsburgh. It's not that hard to get to There's a <laughs> lot of major interstates that go through there. There's an airport. Um, but
0: yeah, there's a, an artist that lives close by that basically like made the statement that I can live in Pittsburgh because there's an airport 20 minutes away. Like, yeah, and something I have seen is sort of like this um, hometown hero effect. Yeah. Of like, once the person has broken out, they're welcomed super strongly back in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a lot of uh, a lot of connectivity to the city, regardless. So. Yeah. and
2: I mean, I think it's I think it's in my mind it's very much tied to someone like August Wilson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. all of his plays take um, take, take place, place in, in the Hill District. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so. Like you're like, oh, he's this Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright from Pittsburgh. He hated Pittsburgh at the end, right? <laughs> yeah. Like he didn't. Like the August Wilson Center that we have here is the second August Wilson mm-hmm. Center. There's another one, right? Um, that's why it's the August Wilson Cultural Center. But they're like his widow is very much tied to it, and um, you know, I don't mean to downplay that relationship, but like Warhol, like oh yeah, in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, like one of my one of my favorite art movies is the Basquiat movie. Yes, we we're David Bowie. David, but we David plays Warhol. Warhol, and he's like telling Basquiat, he's like, you don't even have to go to Europe anymore to see art. You can just go to Pittsburgh because of the museum. <laughs> but he's like making fun of Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh-huh. Like,
0: oh, you could just go to Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, because um, of all the casts they have in the museum. But at one point, Pittsburgh had like per capita the most millionaires of any city. Yep. You had like yep. you had <laughs> Carnegie. You had Mellon. Mellon. Was Rockefeller um, here?
3: No, he's Cleveland. Cleveland. Is that all New York? Oh, Cleveland. He's Cleveland.
2: Um, yeah, and so that's like when you look at the Cleveland Museum of Art, and there. Oh, yep. It's yeah, like that's it's true. for me. It's I always think of collections, and mm-hmm. so like the National <laughs> Gallery of Art is the Mellon Collection, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then J. P. Morgan is in New York, and Morgan bought. I forget who Morgan bought from, like Isabella Stewart Gardner's. Boston, yeah. So I think about like that because that then creates the institution from which we get the textbooks
3: mm-hmm. that help
2: us tell the history to the kids who walk away thinking like, oh, you know, this is what Cleopatra looked like. Um, this is this is the history of the world starts in this part of the world. And It's like, no, wait a minute. That's not that's not necessarily true. But um, yeah, so I, I yeah the historian in me can't separate work from context. So I can't separate a Mac Miller from a Pittsburgh, a Wiz Khalifa from a Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. an August Wilson from a Pittsburgh. And sometimes it's very obvious. You know, yeah. sometimes it is the place happened here. Or I mean, it's a Heinz, yeah.
0: A lot of these artists also, like, well, those artists specifically are kind of bad examples because they hearken a lot back to, to, Pittsburgh. to Pittsburgh within yeah. their work. But
2: And I think in wonderful yeah. ways, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't mean to downplay that connection. Like, some, like when you see, like, when, when I, because... I'm, like I said, a little bit older. So like my knowledge of Mac Miller was
3: like, not the same as everyone
2: else's. So I appreciate his work a lot. But I, when when he passed and you would see these pictures of him coming to games and and participating in the city, uh, your picture with him when he was yeah. in Miami we, coming yeah. in and hanging out with you guys and having those conversations. I'm like, oh, like I really respect Yeah, this. Like you really thought he about. He
1: came in the gallery and was like, I want to meet all the Pittsburgh artists. That was the first thing <laughs> that came out of his mouth. Yeah. So he, yeah. Tying. Back yeah. To Pittsburgh. but
0: he, Yeah. He, he had that sort of effect on the city and he also like, yeah, he was very deliberate about it. I'm, yeah. At mm-hmm. least in my own opinion, because he would frequently come back and whenever he came back, he can like, he would participate in something that was happening in the city Yeah, mm-hmm. or like from what I could see yeah. or at the very least, he would be like frequenting places that are like, Pittsburgh staples are like staples to him and then
2: I mean I think like one one example it's like an artist like Burton Morris and like he mm-hmm. paints like the Heinz bottles and oh wait. kind of like for the listeners
1: oh. that don't know who Burton Morris is, he painted all of the paintings in the coffee shop in Friends. In Friends.
2: Um, but Whoa. also, like, from he... Pittsburgh. <laughs> from nice. Pop like, artists.
0: All, all good things to know. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> but he also has done, like, stuff for the Olympics, mm-hmm. and he has a lot of collectors, and I think he recently, like, redid the Playboy Bunny for Playboy <laughs> and did this whole, like, thing with them. It was on World Magazine. So he's, you know, active and whatnot, but um, he's known for kind of a... a like a Keith Haring, yeah. Warhol pop yes. reiteration. That's um, like it's wonderfully kitschy. Like mm-hmm. to a point where I'm like, that is specifically like yeah. a Friends like, aesthetic. When we <laughs> went,
1: we went to Coffee Tree Roasters yeah. weeks ago, and you look like glance over, and you're like, that's a Burton Morris painting. And I was like, what? It was like, yeah, it was a poster, and, was like a <laughs> and like, I was even like, like you need like that to like really yeah, look at yeah. it. Yeah,
2: and but like. You know, when people write about Burton Morris, like the, the the story is always told that like Pittsburgh is always mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I don't know if that happens. And that might just be because I'm paying attention to Pittsburgh a lot more. But I don't know if that happens in the same way with every city.
3: I, I yeah. honestly yeah. I don't think it happens the same. Well, way. I
2: mean,
1: not I feel like I New York, New York and L.A. are like can be more transient cities because people are always coming and going. I think going. D.C. Mm-hmm. is
0: also a pretty transient city. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But this place has such a strong community mm-hmm. sense and, like, hometown feel is, like, a big deal. Yeah. So,
2: like, when you think about, like, Prince, like, can you separate him from, from Milwaukee? Minneapolis. <laughs> <Or> Minneapolis. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just, just, I knew it was an M-City, and I'm not <laughs> yeah. a musician, so cut sons Sunslack. I was going to go to the in oh, Chicago, no, okay. but I was like, I know Prince is, like, really cla- like yeah yeah the, like, there was a theater a that he performed at that yeah like, like yeah. in my defense i was like <laughs> trying um <laughs> but there are some artists that are really embedded in their community and their work is known like a, my example is going to be like the aster gates in chicago and in his work there creating the library spaces and um the, the city spaces throughout the south side of chicago um but that's him creating that work within chicago right Um, And so when you talk about the Esther Gates and being an artist from Chicago, it's very much tied to him actually creating sites and spaces and places. Whereas, you know, like using like Andy Warhol, like he didn't come back really. Like he had his family here, right? And he visited, I guess, Pittsburgh. And I think the American imagination has an interesting... Place Because it's somewhere where kind of that American story that mm-hmm. has played out when like when Trump says he's president of Pittsburgh, not Paris. He's thinking about someone like an Andrew Carnegie yeah. literally pulling mm-hmm. himself up and being a self-made man like yeah. frick like and making like buttloads of cash. And
0: that is a strong sentiment in this. City. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Hard work is privileged over so many other things oh, yeah. kind of like not that that, that that you shouldn't prioritize that and really respect and understand that but there's also to be something to be said when you're like we talked about like a protege like
3: mm-hmm.
2: being in the, in the space with someone who's worked really hard there's something to be said for natural talent oh yeah and mm-hmm. a national natural in, national natural inclination um that appears and and also Paying homage to that. This is maybe the longest podcast
1: we've had. <laughs> I love so it. Far, I love it.
0: Yeah, I think so far. This has been one of the simplest flowing conversations. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's I, because
2: we're all adults. I know, grownups. <laughs> I
0: I truly can't pinpoint what we've even spoken about in summer Pricing.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, there's a bit
0: of it that has to do with pricing. There's a bit of it that has to do with um, just... Like Pittsburgh as an art space, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, and there was part of, yeah a lot on pricing. I guess we definitely talked yeah pricing quite a bit and cuts. About. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I think like the professionalism in the arts, like, like we talked about commercial gallery spaces, mm-hmm. we, we mm-hmm. talked about pricing, we talked
1: about... I didn't even get to ask level.
0: you about wrangling together a bunch of artists. Yeah,
2: how like do you guys.
1: manage 537 artists who all have a different opinion? You,
2: you try to focus on the 530 that are really wonderful and nice <laughs> and not the seven that are the ones that send you angry emails because that's the reality is like uh-huh. um, most people...
0: Most people are probably grateful.
2: Yeah, most people are grateful, incredibly positive. Like, you know, Jamie, you and I were talking about this, um, which is awesome, which is great. Mm-hmm. The issue is for some reason that negative mm-hmm. one, just like, it's like that thorn that's just the yeah. side. And you're like, the rest of my body is covered in like wonderful, <laughs> like, yeah, fluffy pillowcases. But there's just like this little thing like gnawing at me. Um And so that usually requires, like, wine and... (laughs) Right. I love that alcohol
1: is very present at most art events. (laughs) And, you know, I I probably said that insensitively (sighs) because it doesn't work for everybody. But it it helps me to deal with people. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. no, this is not uh, an affirmation for alcoholism. No, Uh, definitely not. This is more just...
1: Also, the food, drunker good you get food someone, you know, Cover if you food. get like three glasses <laughs> of champagne and someone, they might buy your art, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is also why Christie's and Sotheby's, those auction houses, have an open bar at all of their auctions mm-hmm.
3: because well, they're getting their patients like,
2: drunk. It's something they just study. It's like 93 or 97 percent of all purchases are emotional. Like,
3: mm-hmm. like
2: or purchases that, or just no, purchases. No, All purchases. purchases. So even like. Because when you go to a grocery store, think of, like, all of the choices that you have. So oh, there's yeah. an emotional – so at some point, that is the final factor. Is And so if you're going to throw something in there to to kind of fuck with that mm-hmm. a little bit and, you know, play with that up a little bit, like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, why not? There's some – like, sell some art. Um,
1: yeah, so I mean, personally, I'm not opposed to, you know, I mean, giving some people some wine
0: and – Why is everyone talking so shifty?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because we're trying to get people to buy some art. I know. know. (laughs) It's talking so shifty. It's like,
0: hey guys, we feed you booze so that you can buy stuff. So that (laughs) you can
1: give us your money.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're not, no one's giving you anything. They're purchasing a product. Right. They're making an (laughs) incredible investment.
0: It's realistically factored into the cost
2: yeah of like yeah it should be (laughs) and i don't know if artists count that into the pricing making labels printing a poster printing vinyl Mm -hmm. getting
0: booze and food at your event so that people feel welcome and and your time
2: before setting up your time afterwards cleaning up
0: i like professionalism in in the art space or in the in the creative fields Mm yeah i'm sorry i'm i'm still on the like what am i talking about right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think that's everything that we have in our bodies and minds and hearts to talk about tonight
1: and probably all the patience you have to listening to this yeah. longer episode uh but such a great free-flowing conversation thank you so much madeline gent of the aap Woo-hoo. executive director new, new in pittsburgh
2: uh can't say that after a year. I know. I have a couple
0: mm-hmm. more, like days, days, milking milking more days. A few more days. Milking it. You gotta yeah, milk it. Milk that new <laughs> <laughs> new. Anyway, um, thank Do you for spiel, listening. Do our spiel, Roger. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and speed this up. Um, if you like what you hear, please uh, feel free to rate us on any of these platforms. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Buzzsprout, who we stream through, and um, we also are on Google Play. So there's a there's a couple of different outlets for this. But if you like what you hear, the way to support us, because we don't have a Patreon, and we don't actually have any means of monetizing this at all. Nah. So the way to develop that is by Ra- people review, rating, subscribe. reviewing, and subscribing so that more people listen and we get a higher search engine value and mm-hmm. all that, you know our value as influencers develops through you, the listener. So Yeah, we
1: love that you guys say in person, like, oh, we listen to you, we listen to you. Subscribe, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Rate us, please. Step up. Step up. Like our Facebook page. Comment on stuff. We need that engagement. We need Uh to know that there's people out there listening besides word of mouth, which I still definitely appreciate. Um, But we do have a Facebook page Mm -hmm. called What Do You Do Again?, Great picture of a post it note saying, What do you do again? in a first dollar (laughs) frame. Our first dollar (laughs) we ever made made just a post it note. (laughs) What do you do? Um, And yeah, if you have anything you want to talk to us about, email us at.
0: W-D-Y-D-A podcast at gmail.com
1: yes because I can never get that acronym
0: right oh you smiled so hard it was really sweet
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you because I still don't have that down but I'm trying to make this in ending short and sweet
0: it, it's an anachronism ish Sh-
3: short and sweet <laughs> Roger we're going of off the point sweet, I'm trying I'm <laughs> trying to right, right, keep
0: right. Roger on track thank you so much I hope you have a good day evening morning wherever you listen to this short
1: and sweet we'll Bye. catch Bye. you Thanks next guys. time